Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. It's going to be a great episode, and this is Dean Van Dyke with From Battle to Business, and we're going to talk with Dr. Cooney Beasley today about how to go to college on scholarships. Dr. Beasley has been doing this for over 40 years to help students reach their college goals. And since 2011, he and his team have helped students earn over $300 million in scholarships and grants. With students being admitted to the top institutions in the country to include Ivy League, service academies, and top-tier colleges. His SAT and ACT prep program has been used in public and private schools in over 20 states. Dr. Beasley was the dean of the New College Preparatory Academy with 22 sites across the country from Springfield to Massachusetts to Hot Springs, Arkansas to Palm Springs, California. He's got a BS from Texas Christian University, Go Frogs, an MBA from Oklahoma City University, Doctor of Ministry from Tyndale Seminary, and a PhD from the University of Texas at Arlington. He went to college for 22 years and paid for only one semester. Let's get to it. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today I am fortunate to have Dr. Cooney Beasley. Welcome, Dr. Beasley. Greetings. Greetings. Good to be here. Glad to have you. Glad to have us. So in 60 seconds or less, tell us who Dr. Beasley is. Well, um, what I do right now is I uh, my mission statement is to prepare, package, and position students for college success. So uh, people come to me if they uh, want to get into college, they want to be able to pay for college, or if they want to go to a service academy like West Point or get into an Ivy League or high-profile school, uh, what we do is we prepare, package, and position them. Our job is to provide our clients with the greatest range of options, choices, and opportunities for college. Nice. Well, I know there's, uh, you know, on college campuses today, it's uh, <clears throat> our uh, – our youngest is, well, he, he paused his education as a result of COVID. The whole online learning experience was not that great. But uh, mm -hmm. so I know you're a veteran and I'd love to understand how your service helped shape who you are today. Well, I grew up in a military family uh, and uh, then in uh, the eighth grade, I went to military school to the Marine Military Academy in Harlingen, Texas, which is one of the reasons I'm in Harlingen now is because it was always on my bucket list to come back to the Marine Military Academy, teach a year and coach football. Um, and so that's what I did. I came down here to, to do that. Ironically, when I left, 20 of the parents hired me to be their college counselor. So that's nice. why I've remained here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but I, I, I went to the Marine Military Academy. I actually graduated early. Started college at 16, earned an Army ROTC scholarship, plus 11 other full scholarships. I was one of the. I was really good at SAT and ACT. I was the first student at the school to max the ACT, um, and then uh, I got an Army ROTC scholarship. I really wanted to go to West Point, but you had to be 17 to go to West Point, and I was only uh -huh. 16. So um, the, they offered me Army ROTC scholarship. They said basically pick the school, as long as you're accepted there, we'll pay for it. So I went to TCU. Texas Christian University, mm -hmm. who are, by the way, is playing Texas Tech right now. Horn Frogs. Horn <laughs> Frogs. We had a great year last year. This year is not too good. Anyway, uh, and then I was an ROTC there, got commissioned, was in the field artillery. Hoorah! Uh, yeah, boom. Was uh, sent to Germany. And it was really ironic. My, my military experience was just really strange. Um, 
I was in Germany. This is after six months of active duty. I'm sent to Germany. For six months, I was in a line unit. And for one year, I was placed on staff. And then after one year on staff, I was accelerated into a line command position. I was 23 years old. Wow. I was placed in command of an eight-inch nuclear artillery battery. I had 18 Hiroshima-sized nukes. My first sergeant was older than my father. He had sons younger than me. In fact, when I was I was placing the command over seven people senior to me, and I was I had I think I was three months in grade as a first lieutenant command position as a captain's position, usually a seasoned captain, five mm-hmm. to seven years. And I had only spent six months in a line unit, and there I was thrown into command. Uh, it was a very traumatic experience, and I need to write a book on that one. Some of this stuff is R-rated, uh, but we, you know, we had drug problems. I had to clean up the drug problems. I, this was it was I had a convicted murderer who had uh, enlisted with the false wow. name. Just all kinds of problems. Uh, the first time I remember the battalion XO patted me on the shoulder because I was sitting there. We uh, we had somebody die in our barracks. And I'm just sitting there hanging my head. And I go, why is this all hitting me now? He tapped me on the shoulder and says, don't worry, Cooney. You're under the 90-90 rule. I says, what's that? He says, 90% of the problems for your first 90 days can be blamed on the previous commander. You know? And then but I, turned the, I turned the unit around. My first OER, five months into the unit, the, the battalion commander put down in my OER that I was I had commanded the best battery in the battalion. And then the, the, the colonel over him indicated I was the best battery commander in uh, the battalion, and in, in my my unit was the best unit in the battalion. Turned the thing around in five months and did my full command tour. Now, what had got me into this education business was when I was a staff officer. Prior to that, I was also the test control officer. And one of the missions they gave me was to find opportunities for soldiers to get college credit. So I started doing research, and there was a thing back then called Bear's Guide. It was a doctor. Uh, I can't remember his first name. His last name was Bear. He had done all this research on where you could get uh, correspondence school degrees and things like that. And so I started following him. And then I was working at that time with uh, New York Regents, which has evolved into Excelsior College. And I think they hold the record for the highest number of servicemen getting their degrees through that program. And uh, so I worked with them on getting that uh, and understanding the whole process of accumulating credits. And, And in fact, they had a lot of people. You had a lot of uh, Vietnam uh, residual people who had gone, who had gotten commissioned but hadn't finished their degrees. And so they needed to find a way to finish degrees, and we developed a plan on how to do that. And that was all within that one year I was a staff officer. And I kept up with it until, you know, fast forward. Uh, I, you know, I get married. I have kids. I got to put them in college. And I'm saying, I got to figure out a way to do this. So I got out the books, and I just started figuring it out. And so my first daughter came along, and uh, – um, she had, she had great GPA, terrible test scores. Um, and we tried to get her to bumper test scores and, but she was also, uh, all state vo- and voice, all state and saxophone and all district as a volleyball player. And so they offered her, uh, first initially a half volleyball and a half music scholarship. And then she said, I'm not going to play ball. And I said, how are you going to pay for it? She said, I'm going to take loans. And I said, no, you're not. So I went back in and renegotiated. So we got it all paid for. Not only did we all get it all paid for but after she enrolled, got into the dorm, got everything together, uh, they sent us a check for $1,500. Nice. So I said, I, there's something here. So I started getting into it and uh, started uh, developing a uh, background in it and began to understand how to prepare people to take tests, how to increase their scores, how to beat the test, uh, and then how to leverage yourself in order to get into college. And so both my daughters at that time 
uh, got full scholarships to college, uh, didn't pay anything for college. Um, and then parents started hiring me. I started my own school. Which, uh, uh, we started our own school in 1996. Eventually, it grew to 22 college prep academies across the country, from Springfield, Massachusetts, the Hot Springs, Arkansas, to Palm Springs, California. Uh, we built that out until about 2011. I started to downsize. It got too big. I spent 180 days on the road. Uh, yeah. I, just, I got too big, so we, we spun the schools off, downsized them, and then a lot of people wanted our college prep program because we were putting kids in the college on mm-hmm. full scholarship, and it, it, our policy then was you had to be in our school to get it, and people said, just take it out and give it to the general public. So we pulled it out in 2010, provided it to the general public, had a marketing staff, and we just and all of a sudden, boom, we get all these clients. We're actually making more money than having 22 College prep academies. We're doing a lot less work. Um, you know, instead of trying to convince somebody to come to our school, they could just sign right. into our program. And so it just basically took off from there. And uh, we've got a, 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 a series of strategies that people can use to uh, find ways of uh, either getting admitted to the colleges they want to get to, or getting scholarship money or getting funding. And a lot of most people come to us for funding. They want to figure out mm-hmm. how they can not have to pay for college and we're batting about 96% full scholarships uh, in the last uh, that last 12 years. Um, That's good. So it's and there's ways of doing it, and this the, the ways are relatively simple. But it's like you know, a brain surgeon say taking the tumor out is relatively simple. But again, there is some complexities to it that that, that uh, most people don't pick up on. But oh, um, sure. you know, but we've developed strategies so that when they come to us, we co- go through a process of finding out what's going to be the best school for them, what's going to be the best value, and mm-hmm. Uh, we spend the first probably two sessions having to deprogram them, deprogram the parents, deprogram the kids because they're operating in a lot of myth. Um, uh, the, the, the parents went to college, they're reflecting on their college. I'm going, right. your college isn't there anymore. I mean, the buildings are there, but when you walked around campus, you were looking in front of you. They're walking around with their phones, okay? Um, and so, but uh, there's a lot, lot been changed. The cost of college has just skyrocketed. The student debt right now, a student who takes on debt to go to, let's say, a low-end private college will never be able to pay their debt off. It's wow. just not going to happen. You've got people in medical school, finishing medical school. I had a, uh, a doctor contact me and trying to figure mm-hmm. out how he can get out of the debt. Now, there are ways you can get out of the debt. Uh, we do advise people on that, but he was unwilling to do any of those. So I, he says, well, what do I do? And I says, make sure they take it out every month or they're going to come after you. And right now, you're going to finish paying off your debt when you're 63. So your entire professional life is going to be paying the government. Wow. So what, I mean, what, um, uh, I won't get into the whole Biden debt thing, but so what, what drives the cost of college? Because we, so our sons went to school and COVID really opened our eyes when they said, you know, hey, we're going to go remote and online learning, but you're going to still pay the full full price mm-hmm. what drives that cost well the, what drives the cost is easy money uh anybody uh, you can any 18 year old can sign for forty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars a year loan to pay for college okay and and because you have i mean econ 101 because you have access to cheap money you cause inflation and that's what yeah. causes it because the, 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 nobody has said you can only borrow this much uh, with the with the parent plus loans and stuff, you can borrow up until the cost of college. 
Um, and, um, you know, they just, you can borrow yourself into oblivion because the money is easy, accessible and cheap. You will have inflation. So it's running at four times the rate of normal inflation. Um, and it, you know, the, the colleges do this. That just, you know, if you've got this opportunity to make money, I mean, they're, although they call themselves nonprofit, they still make money. They still <laughs> they have do. to maintain the buildings. They still have to, you know, devise, you know, put all of these administrators in place to pay them half a million dollars, half a million dollars to, to, be a co-assistant dean of something, you know, gender studies or whatever. Um, so uh, it's causing inflation. I mean, I I had a, a, a development director come visit me one time, and I I kind of got on his case. I said, "You have increased tuition forty percent in the last three years." I said, wow. "Why?" And he said, "Because we can." That was his thing. Because we can. He says, "He said we had we had." Um, 3,600 applications for 1,200 positions, and every one of them would be willing to take out a $40,000 loan to go to the school. Wow. that's And that's where, that's where you get it. As long as the kids are willing, as long as the government gives them the money, and as long as the kids are willing to take out the loans, the, the cost is going to continue to go up. So what, just, um... <clears throat> oh, go ahead. Well, that's just standard econ 101. Yeah, that access to cheap money is never mm -hmm. a good thing. So what are the so scholarships uh, you talked before we hit record here about how your daughters went to school pretty much on full ride scholarships. But there's I mean, there's so many different things in in that realm is, you know, scholarship realm. What are the actually, most important variables? Actually, there's not different things. There's you, First thing, if you want a scholarship, you target a school that gives a scholarship. Mm -hmm. Okay, now. There are schools that there are schools that give scholarships. The reason they give scholarships is they want to attract a specific uh, uh, specific types of students. Mm -hmm. Okay, there are schools that don't give scholarships because they don't have to because people are willing to go there and pay full freight. Uh, I mean, where I live down here in Texas, University of Texas and Texas A&M are the flagship schools. They do not offer scholarships. Now they do have a couple of private scholarships you can apply for, but there are no institutional scholarships. However, if you go to one of the regional colleges, University of Texas at Dallas, University of Texas, San Antonio, Texas A&M, uh, one of their campuses, they offer very significant scholarships in order to draw you away from University of Texas or, or Texas A&M. What would get you into Texas A&M would get you a full scholarship, University of Texas at Dallas. So you begin to target the schools that give money away. OK, then on the other hand, you have like the University of Alabama. OK, they have a very liberal scholarship program, a 32 ACT and a 3.5 GPA will get you one hundred and twelve thousand dollars automatically at the University of Alabama. You can Google it. I've sent more than 100 kids to Alabama on that scholarship. Got the three there right now. Wow. You know, and you, you go. I mean, you got similar operations at University of Mississippi, University of Kentucky. Because you see, for example, Alabama wants to attract kids that have the high numbers. Reason for that is, is by law in Alabama, they have to take the farm boys in. And so because they have to take the farm boys in at, at the 19 ACT level, by, by law, they, in order to maintain their numerical profile, they have to bring these the kids in that have the high GPAs and the high test scores to maintain their profile. So they have an incentive of bringing these kids in. LSU has the same problem. They have to bring in a certain number of good kids in order to uh, increase the ratio of where, where uh, what their what their profile is. Uh, UT and A&M don't have to do that. 
what they do is they, for example, the Texas A&M will disperse <clears throat> the, the, uh, the, the, the kids who are, they are required to take in based mm-hmm. on the uh, land grant uh, situation. Now, they'll disperse those to their regional campuses, Texas, West Texas A&M, A&M Corpus Christi, A&M Commerce. They'll disperse mm-hmm. those. Now, now, their criteria is that you've got to be in the top 10 percent of your graduating class in Texas. If you're coming in from somebody else, um, you've got to, this is called a plan B, you've got to have comparable scores to the median score of those who get the automatic admit. Okay. Now, a lot of those kids who get the automatic admit went to country schools who didn't have AP programs. They didn't get properly prepared. They're going to lose those kids by Christmas. Uh, generally, when you get into these kind of schools, they know they're going to lose 30 to 35% of their freshman class. Wow. So they've got it's these huge. kids. What they do is they, they have they have these dog leg programs where they've got these kids who didn't make it in as freshmen, but they've got them dispersed to the regional campuses okay. set up to transfer in to fill those seats uh, that they lost from the freshman class. And in some cases, all it takes is a 2.5 to tra- get a guaranteed transfer in to some of these colleges. So we do, we have a, you know, for some kids, we do a dog leg. We send them to uh, uh, either a community college that's tied in with the university or one of the regional campuses. We get them up to a three, five so that they're attractive. Boom. They'll transfer in. Wow. Okay. There's, I mean, there's a lot of strategies that have to go and that's just one of many strategies that we have to play uh, in, in order to do that. And so in fact, the strategy is so common that at the University of Texas, they have a name for it. It's called the capstone program, how you go to a, one of the campuses and then transfer in all those vacancies of all the people who went to, you know, you uh, flew Vanna High School and didn't make it. But they got to keep their bodies in. So that's how they do it. I mean, it's a business. It is a business. Wow. That's yeah. a sounds more like a racket to me. But yeah, it is. Hey, it is we'll, a racket. We'll, we'll call you it know a how to play it. If you know how to play it, then you play it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So what are some of the alternatives to college? Because we know trade schools have taken a hit. I mean, they just don't have we don't have a lot of people coming out of the trade schools. Is that I mean, what well, I, I, I micro? I like micro. In fact, my my grand nephew got one of his scholarships to go to trade school. OK. Oh, okay. Trade, yeah. Trade school. I mean, a lot. I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say 10, 15 percent of the people I advise are not going to go to college. In fact, okay. when I was at the Marine Military Academy teaching, there was a significant number of seniors who weren't going to college and because they, they wanted to do something other than that. So sure. I gave them my advice. Now, uh, at the top of my advice is go join the military. OK, first off, whatever you field you want to go into, like I had one kid who wanted to go on aircraft mechanics. And I said, go into the Air Force. That way they'll pay for you to get aircraft mechanics. Plus, they give yep. you three hots and a cot. OK, uh, you know, plus the, the GI Bill. Plus the GI Bill. Plus, if you go into Texas, you get this thing called the Hazelwood Act, which means if you enter the military from Texas, you return to Texas, you exhaust your GI Bill, uh, you get to go to state colleges for free, and that's transferable to spouse and kids. I sent my last two daughters to state schools on the Hazelwood Act uh, both times. Well, the one I sent to Texas Tech, uh, her last two years there, the first, uh, let's see, um, the first time uh, she went there, First year, we got $7,500 more than it cost to go. And the last time, we got $12,000 more than it cost to go. I mean, I can show you the 1098s, okay? Uh, and so uh, understanding that you can leverage that. So I told one kid, I said, I said, 
you, you go through this process with the military, you enter from Texas, you come back from Texas and said, 30 years from now, you're going to thank me because your kids are going to go to college for free. Okay. Wow. And that's so there, huge. There's, yeah. And there's ways of, I mean, uh, again, understanding how the system works. Um, uh, so, you know, we have a lot of kids who, uh, you know, we, well, let me give you an example. This is kind of an ironic example. I had twins and a girl, I, I not personally, I had clients, girl and a boy twin. Okay. Now she got uh, an ROTC scholarship. He really couldn't get his scores up. So he ended up enlisting, but we have a program. We tell them strategy that while you're enlisted, here's how you get your degree. Mm -hmm. okay? And it's possible if you get your butt going, you can get a degree in two years, even if you're in the military. You know, accumulate your, and so he qualified, got enough hours that he qualified what was called green to gold. How they, they if you're on active oh, yeah. duty, they'll they'll mm -hmm. send you to college to finish out, and then you'll get yep. commissioned. He's going to get commissioned before his sister, who had the ROTC scholarship. Wow, uh, I mean, the the I think the big challenge though for parents is just understanding all these variables because yeah. I mean, there's so many different variables that are out there. Um, like the ones you hear about, right, is the, um, like if you go to, like, if, like when I went to college, you know, my kids could go to the college for the in-state tuition. I mean, you hear about uh -huh. that kind of stuff, but you don't hear about this Hazelwood stuff. You don't hear about the stuff that really, I mean, obviously. Well, well, well most people, they don't know. Okay, let me put it this way. I, when I when I work with, try to go to college, to high schools and stuff. You're working with high school counselors who are still paying off their student loans. Uh, they don't, to them, they never got into an elite college. They never got a scholarship. They don't know how to get scholarships. They have no sure. idea. In their little universe, uh, you you know, you take your student loans, you go to college. They don't know anything much beyond that. We call those people ambulance drivers because all they need to do, all they can do is take you from point A to point B and drop you off. Okay. Now, in there, you've got some people who know a few things. And they can probably give you some insight. We call them paramedics. And then you have some of us brain surgeons. There's only about 20. I'm going to tell you, there's only about 25 of us in the country who are operating at this level. Um, and so, and then, you know, and we, we cross level information a lot. We don't consider us, we don't consider being in competition. In fact, sometimes if I've got a person who's, who's uh, uh, can benefit better from one of these other people, I'll send them there. Mm -hmm. Um that doesn't happen very often, but there are some times that I said, you know, this person is, 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 is off my bailiwick. So, you know, but, uh, uh, you know, you're, you, you don't have a lot of people who understand this because to them it's kind of foreign, even though there's lots of scholarships available, lots mm -hmm. of opportunity, they're not aware of it because they didn't do it. They're still paying off their student loans. They don't right. know. And so as we come in, we tell them, you know, yeah, there's some things that you, you need to understand. And because people, for example, there are families who don't file the FAFSA thinking, well, we make too much money. Well, no, nobody makes oh. too much money to not file the FAFSA. OK. Agreed. It's a free file. OK. Yeah. yeah. You file a FAFSA because even if it's work study or something like that or, you know, and there are there are strategies on how to 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 use the student loan system as leverage. And I give you a couple examples. OK, let's say. Uh, well, I I had I've got I've had NBA people uh, as clients. I had uh, Heisman Trophy winner as a client. I've had professional football players as as clients, and these guys have enough money to pay cash. Okay, so but right. I, I I counsel them. I said, okay, here's the situation. Uh, if you pay cash right now, that money's coming out of your portfolio. You're never going to see it again. I said your and they said I said how's your portfolio performing? And they'll go, you know, we're sitting at about 
you know, nine and a half percent. I said, okay, you're going to take this loan for 4%. Take this loan for 4%. Let your, let your pro- profile portfolio build and then take the loan. And after four years, pay it off. You're still three, four, five points ahead. Okay. Right. That's, that's, you know, I have a lot of people who do that. And, uh, and you can, I've had them in Georgetown, Northeast, Northwestern, a few other colleges, and they do that. Okay. Another one is that if you are primed, for example, to go towards an employer uh, who's going to pay off your loans, for example, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of federal programs that if you go work right. for the federal government, particularly in the healthcare industry, if you go into uh, national, uh, um, the um, uh, National Health Service or Veterans Administration as a nurse or something, mm-hmm. they have programs that you'll pay your loans off. Okay, so it's okay. Take, as long as you have a strategy, take out the loans, go work for them. And usually five to seven years, they'll pay your loans off. Okay. okay? I had a doctor. I say she, she was a client because of her kid. And then she, she told me, she says, you know, I've got all these loans. What do I do? And I said, well, you're under, you're under the, the age limit. You can join the Army Reserve as a doctor. They're going to send you to the charm school. And then you do your one week in a month and two weeks a year. And she actually got mobilized twice. Uh, all she did was oh. backfill doctors that were forward deployed. She didn't forward deploy, but they pretty much let her go wherever she wanted to those two weeks. Any military hospital in, in the world. Yeah. She went to Frankfurt and Tokyo and you know, under two weeks. And, and and after seven years, they pay off her all, all of her loans. You know, I'm down in the Rio Grande Valley. They want doctors down here, so there are community action groups down here who are willing to pay off doctors' loans if they'll come down here. Wow. Okay, so you you got to seek this out strategically and say, how yeah. am I going to do this? Now I've got. Right now, four kids I'm working on med school. They're uh, either have already graduated or in their senior years. We're getting them positioned for for med schools. And I'm saying, you know, there's the AMED program. There's a government program that if you um, if you get accepted to medical school and you are otherwise uh, qualified, you know, to be an officer, mm-hmm. they will commission you as an officer. They will pay you while you're in medical school and pay for your medical school. And you own one for one when you get out. Now, I've had several people do that. I've had several clients who came from that. And I said, was it worth it? And they go, yes, I had no debt. Uh, and when you're in military medicine and you're, let's say you only stay four years, you're going to get 20 years of experience in those yep. four years. Agreed. Okay. So, um, uh, so, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities that people need to think about, you know, because, because the first time when I say, you know, you may want to consider going to the military, they think, well, I'm going to have to get in a trench and throw grenades. I go, no, yeah. you're going to be you're not, you're not even <laughs> going to be like mash. Okay. No. You're going to be like after mash. Okay, because you're going to work in hospitals, you're going to have access to to the top medical stuff, and uh, you're going to get a lot of great experience. And Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to get it paid for. And there's, I mean, there's not lots of opportunity. Plus, um, you have the uniformed services, uh, you know, uh, university that the the military has its own med school, and there in 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 Virginia, I think D.C. and Virginia, and um, you get paid second lieutenant's pay while you're there. So. A lot of people Not don't look pay. at you guys, you know, they don't look, they don't look at, well, first off, people don't know. Right. And sometimes they don't know. Sometimes they don't care. They don't know. They don't care. They don't care. They don't know. Right. That's true. Very true. Well, <clears throat> this has been a great conversation and got to land the plane here. So I've got the hardest question you probably ever <clears throat> had to answer, but uh, what are the three books you'd recommend to my audience and why? Hmm. What three books? I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> none of this stuff is in a book. Okay, maybe, well, if they'll hold off, I'll write the book. 
but none of this stuff is in the go. book. And, and whatever you would put in the book in the book will be obsolete in 18 months. Uh, true. Very you know, true. So I, I don't know of a book that I would go to. Uh, I mean, uh, I would, I would give them three things to do. Number one is start now. I mean, statistically, you need to be started by the first day of the ninth grade. Now, I, my program already will go back all the way to the sixth grade. I've had sixth graders in my program. Uh, but you need to be in a, not a, we're thinking about it, and I mean a formal step-by-step program by the by the beginning of your freshman year in high school. Because if not, you're losing $100 a day. Uh, so you need to start early. You need mm-hmm. to get things done early. You need to start testing early. You need to wrap up your SAT and ACT test by the end of your junior year, or you're not going to be competitive. Uh, oh, sure. And so our program is, the, is is that we get everybody with your, with your go to go to college GPA and your go to college test scores by the end of the junior year. That's what we target. How to build your portfolio? You need to build your you need to build your resume by being with the President's Volunteer Service Program, so that you're getting not only recognized. Say, for example, you're going to put in your resume, "I worked at the food bank in the soup kitchen," or "I received the President's Volunteer Service Award from I work at the food bank in the soup kitchen." One is a local, one is a national. Because when you're on the application, uh-huh. you put down national awards, you know, things such as a uh, congressional award. You want to start your congressional award freshman to sophomore year. I had a student who was a homeschooler up upstate New York, did the congressional award, got his gold medal awarded to him by his congressman. Congressman said, what are you doing for college? He says, I'm trying to get into Cornell. Happened to be a Cornell grad, wrote him a letter of recommendation. Boom. That's nice. what pushed him over the edge to get into Cornell. So you you do, you know, you've got to be able to strategically position your student. So there's yeah. a whole process involved, but you got to start early. A lot of people will come to me beginning of their senior year and there's not a lot I can do. I said, you know, you know, and, Hey, well, you're supposed to be a miracle worker. And I said, yeah, loaves and fishes, miracles I can perform. But if you want me to raise the dead, you got to spot me the body. Okay. And so, uh, but there's, but the sooner you start, you want to start soon. You don't mm-hmm. want to, you, 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 people start too late and they do things and they wait too long. And an average kid doing above average work starting out as a freshman will do better than a brilliant kid who has done nothing his senior year. I've mm-hmm. had I've had uh, second quartile kids get better college offers than valedictorians because the valedictorian simply didn't do the work. Wow. Well, where can my audience go to learn more about Dr. Beasley and all this amazing work you're doing? Well, I'm at BeasleyCollegePrep.com. It's uh, my website. You can uh, set up. Uh, we, you know, all of your uh, your folks will give them a free consultation unless I get a stampede, and then we'll do a web a special <laughs> webinar for them. Uh, and I've had stampedes in some of these podcasts, and so we set up a webinar for them as opposed to taking them individually. So they can come to us, and we will give them a free consult and, and tell them what the availability are. And we, uh, you know, a lot of people wonder what our price is, and I don't tell them price. I tell them ROI, and right. we're batting about eight hundred to a thousand percent ROI. That's not too bad. Not too mm-hmm. bad at all. Not, not too bad. So, uh, so we look at our because I tell them you're going to spend this money anyways, and in fact you're going to spend twice as much this fall when you put them in college. So, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I mean, again, this has been an amazing conversation. I've learned a lot. I wish I'd have known this 20 years ago, uh, maybe more <laughs> than a few decades I, ago. I, I have yet to run into the person who hadn't said that. Wish I'd have known uh, this. So many are caught, caught mean, you earlier or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I mean, there's just so many different things to think about. And because uh, my oldest went to on a Fulbright ROTC scholarship, was trying uh-huh. to get into West Point. He got uh, selected as, I don't know what they call it, backup um, for West Point. Alternate. Alternate. That's what it was. And uh, 
and then ultimately applied for ROTC and got a full ride scholarship. Now, back mm -hmm. then, they didn't pay for everything. Here, now they, I, I think they've changed it. You know, they pretty much. Well, pay depends for on depends on the school because Uncle Sam pays retail. Um, the schools, in order to attract the Uncle Sam retail dollars, I mean, where I went TCU, they tossed in room and board if you had uh, if you had an ROTC scholarship because Uncle uh, Sam pays retail. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of college, colleges that do that. Um, and then, you know, and, and it also depends how you can figure what you other financial aid you can get beyond the scholarship. Ah, that makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Well, I, as I always like to do, I love to give my guests the final word. So I'll let, turn that over to you again. Greatly appreciate having you on and, uh, learned a lot. Well, I'm glad to, to be able to be of service, uh, Dean, I was glad to have you here, but I tell anybody, start now. Start now. The only time you control is now. Start now. Very true. Very true. Well, thank you, Dr. Beasley. It's been a great having you on as guest, and I look forward to hearing more about your amazing work. All right. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.